Hey guys, today on your Faves Faves, I am talking to Krista Rodriguez, who is starring in the new show on Netflix called Halston. And here's the thing, especially when it comes to shows, I don't always get the chance to see shows before I have the chance to sit down with the guests on the show. But it just so happens I'm a huge fan of Halston, the designer. So when I saw that there was a show, I binged it on Netflix. It's so freaking good. And literally the first time this woman came on screen, I was like, okay, this chick is talented. She's so good on the show. And I was super pumped when I found out she was going to be a guest. She plays Liza Minnelli, which, I mean, talk about crazy hard shoes to fill. And it just so happens that today she is sharing her top five favorite Liza Minnelli performances of all time. And I'm telling you right now, even if you are not a Liza fan, you will be by the time this is over, just because the passion and excitement and joy that she brings to this storytelling made me literally write down every performance so I could go watch them on YouTube. And they're amazing. So please enjoy this conversation between me and Krista. With the fact that I, like anyone on my team could tell you, I never watch streaming. I never watch shows. I'm a book nerd. I very rarely will catch. And this, it just so happens that I, not only have I watched Halston, like literally last week and binged, not knowing that I was going to talk to you at all. Uh-huh. And I swear on my life, I, I am not just saying this. I was like, who is this woman? <laughs> this is, it's so good. And I feel like you're walking into such incredible shoes to fill on like all the levels yeah we just start with like how did you get here how did you land this role how did it feel like give me all the things yeah I don't know how I got here I still would like someone to answer that question for me I ask often no I just I feel in some ways that this was supposed to happen in like you know when you get in your most like hooey phase um because yes I got the audition and it showed up I'm in my email and I just, I just felt like, I I felt two things. I was like, this is mine and I'm never going to get it (laughs) because Mm. you're just, you're very used to as an actor, like wanting something and not getting it. So you try not to want things too much, but then there's times where it just sinks in and you think there's the other time where you're like, I'm going to get this. Everyone can just relax. And then there's the, (laughs) this is mine. And someone else is going to be great, you know? And that's sort of what this was, which I think led to me feeling more free and sort of not, definitely not fearless, but a little more like the stakes were a little lower okay. because the stakes were so high, <laughs> that I yes. them, you know? So I just sort of threw myself into learning as much as I could about her in a very brief time. You know, you get an audition, you have to go into the room the next day or the day after. So I did what I could. And fortunately, you know, Dan, our director, was specifically looking for someone who had had a Broadway background, which is really rare for a television show for somebody to really like honor that skill set. And the the casting director knew me, and so I went through a couple rounds of auditions, and then and then there it was. But yeah, I've been um, performing on Broadway for gosh, seventeen years now has been sort of my main wow. focus, and then. And then I've done, you know, a bunch of television stuff and one of them being Smash, which was Broadway themed t- 
television, you know? So I've, I've, I feel like a lot has led up to me being able to perform this role. Right. Yeah. Right. I, you know, I, you said that and it made me think of um, one of my favorite quotes ever is from Oprah. And she said years ago is when I was like 10 and absolutely should not be watching that show. Cause it was like super inappropriate for the age of like me trying to understand what she was saying. But she had this quote where she said, uh, there's no such thing as luck. There's only preparation meeting opportunity at a moment in time. Yeah. And I feel like there's so much beauty in what you're saying of like, we sort of sweep over like 17 years, the nuance and the hard work and the grit and the tenacity to get to this place where like it perfectly lines up. So you have this moment and it is yours. And that's why it sort of sinks in. So I'm here for all the woo woo manifesting. Yeah. Like all of it. So tell me then when you, cause I don't know anything about how this works when you went into audition or did you, did you audition yeah. in COVID? Like how did this all happen? This was pre COVID actually. This was the okay. Okay. 19. Yeah. Okay. So you go in and did you prepare a, a the piece? Gave, like, sorry. They I sound gave like such me, a nerd. No, they gave me a couple scenes and then they had okay. me sing a, a song. They had me sing maybe this time okay. from Cabaret. So that was my nope, no big deal, no big deal, no pressure. Which actually, I've been yeah, singing yeah. for my whole life. I mean, I've always wanted to play oh, Sally Bowles in cabaret. So whenever I get the chance, I sing that song. And so it was actually a great thing to be able to do. But this time, I had to sing it as her. So I got to kind of more focus on what how she has her intonations and stuff. And then um, okay. when I came back for a callback, had some different scenes. And had to do another song from her Liza with a Z special called You've Let Yourself Go, which used to be in the scene. I used to like sing along with it. So those were the the two things that I sang. And then I was going to have to go in and sing Liza with a Z. And then I ended up just getting the part before I had to do that. So that was (laughs) Which is so incredible. I feel like that's such a, like for anyone who's listening and hasn't seen the show yet, that is the moment where we sort of meet you for the first time and you just kill. Thanks. Like you just kill it. Thanks. Like when, when you got to, now, do you watch yourself? Do you, do you watch the scenes or you sort of can't? I, I can't and I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the answer. I did for a long time. I didn't see anything. And that was partially because of the show at, and the way we filmed it. Normally there's a monitor right there and you're sort of watching playback right. if you can. And because of the nature of the show and then because of most of COVID, I didn't see anything until it was all cut together. Wow. And I only really watched it because I started doing interviews and they'd be like, so that one scene. And I'm like, I don't know. Cause I don't know what got kept. I don't know how it got edited. So I was like, okay, I'll watch right. it. But yeah. I, um, I did watch it. It's, uh, it's uncomfortable okay. for, 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 no, I mean, I'm sure for you, but for yeah. just someone who can't sing and wishes they could, I was like, Oh, this is everything. So well done. And then today you said that you were going to share your favorite Liza performances. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. Now, is this in order from like least favorite to most favorite, or this is a grab? Bag? I can put it in order or I can, put okay. Grab you you, whatever your heart wants to do okay. is what is going to be great. Let me go grab bag because I could fight for each of them to be my favorite. So we'll go. Okay, great. In order. So, okay. Let me start with, uh, okay. Liza with a Z, not in her special in, she performed it on bandstand in 1967 
it was the, oh, wow. the first sort of known version of it. So when she was doing um, Flora the Red Menace, which was a Broadway show that she got a Tony nomination for, Kander and Ebb wrote her this song because she was constantly getting introduced incorrectly. She was being called Lisa all the time and no one knew how to spell her last name. And so they wrote this little song for her. So she'd been singing it for you know, 10 years before we saw it on the Liza with the Z special. So it was a real like treat and a treasure to find it in 67, which is many years before we see the perfect version of it. And that um, performance was really valuable to me in doing the performance that I did in the show, because when we meet her in the show, it's somewhere in between that version and the one we see in the, in the, you know, right. And so I got to, I really studied it over and over and over again. And it's really beautiful because she's so young and like really gangly and she hasn't like connected to her power yet. And it's really endearing to watch her like really just beg people to learn her name. Like what's funny about oh. is when she, she does it later on, she's already won an Oscar and she's already won the Tony. Right. You know, it's sort of like adorable that she's like you guys know my name right but I'll tell it to you anyway but then when they really don't know like her really pleading with people to know her name I think is just adorable so I love that Mm, okay I'm actually gonna make a note now I want to now I want to watch it check it out okay so that that's the first one and I'm curious too like you did you do all this research in the 48 hours between the audition and that email, or is this a whole Yeah, the quickest research that I did in that 48 hours was watching maybe this time from the movie over and over again, and then um, interviews. I was going on as many interviews as I could based on the time period with which we were the scenes, because the show spans, you know, five decades. So I had to know what time that was. You know, YouTube is just the greatest resource. Right. Time. So there was even a video of her, a photo of her for, from every year of her life. It was like a montage of a photo of her from every year. So I could just go, okay, wow. 72. She looked like this. She was married to this person. You know, it was like that kind of thing. So I did a quick little kind of get some inflections, get the right movements for her performance. Then once I got the job, it was like a full immersion program of, of yeah. at all times. Yeah. And now have you ever had a role before where you are playing a real person? Um, never anyone that I was playing a real, well, I guess technically I made a cameo playing Annette Funicello one time in a Lifetime movie, but that, that I didn't even barely have to speak. Okay. But I did play Wednesday Adams on Broadway. Now, while she isn't a real person, she's an iconic character. So that definitely that, that still had a lot of pressure. A lot of people asking, are you nervous or, you know, what are the pitfalls and whatnot? But the story of that was her as an 18 year old sort of falling in love for the first time. So it was a very drastic departure from what we know. So this was really much the first time that I was having to copy somebody's performances that are very well known. Wow. That, and, and such a personality too. Oh, yeah. Like I feel like with, there are certain characters you can kind of get away with some nuance that you create yourself, but with her, like it's gotta be. And what has, have you gotten feedback from fans of hers? How have they reacted to you playing this part? Been, you know, it's funny because I'm in the Broadway community, those opinions mean the most to me. And one of the, my biggest nerves about taking on this role was not necessarily the people who who, who she is beloved to in the world, but the people who with she is the icon, like the icon. And that's in this industry that I have. So my 
my proudest feedback has been from the Broadway community that feel like I've done uh, her the right, you know, amount of service. And um, that the people that I trust in that who have given me that feedback, that's been the most the thing that finally allowed my shoulders to <laughs> come down from my ears. Right. 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 That I won't be you know, driven out of out of town by yeah the Manelli fans. So it seems like it's it's OK. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's so rad. Okay. So we've got the first one. What is the second favorite performance on your list? I would say maybe this time from Cabaret. That's just right. Classic. Classic. Um, it's so good. Her and, and, and I would tie it with mine hair from Cabaret because what I love about Liza is that she is this big personality and she can turn it on and she can fling her head back, but she can also stay very still and communicate very complex emotions with a very direct face. Like she's not putting expectations yeah. on her acting. Her acting is very truthful. And that sometimes allows her body to get engaged in a way that is unnatural sometimes, but her intentions are always grounded. I feel like the maybe this time mine hair is like a perfect... She's so grounded and maybe the yeah. man hair, she's like flinging her body everywhere, which is thrilling. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So that is second choice, which feels like you said, like such a classic moment in, and, and things that even if you're not a diehard fan, I feel like everybody knows. Yeah, that it's pretty easy to pick her Academy Award winning performance as your favorite. <laughs> Weirder if you don't have it on the list. Exactly. So no judgment for me. Yeah. Um, you're either a major fan and you know everything about her, or you don't know anything. So uh, right, right. Definitely, obviously, makes it on the list. My should I go to a to a next one? Yes, of course. My, my next like deep cut is well, it's not even a deep cut because again, she was nominated for an Oscar, and this isn't a musical performance, but her monologue in the Sterile Cuckoo which was the movie that she was... Wait, I don't know that. Yeah. Oh, you got to watch the movie. So okay. I think it's 69, 70. She was nominated for an Oscar. She didn't win, but it was her first movie. And she is, she plays sort of a, oh gosh, I don't know how you would describe it. I mean, she's a eccentric person who sort of has a troubled life and become like she's the original manic pixie girl in this movie like a 70s sort of like trying to be normal falling in love for the first time but has a lot of developmental issues and and family issues and stuff and it's this really like fever dream coming of age story and she's exceptional in it and mm. there's a monologue that she does when she's like doing a one-sided conversation with the character in the show and she, you only see her, it's a one shot. I think the whole thing is like eight minutes long. It never moves away from her. And she does the whole thing from like laughing to crying, to begging, to like ecstasy. She's like all over the place. She's, if not in her early twenties, she might still be a teenager at the time. She's very young. Wow. And the, the monologue was supposed to happen uh, at the end of the shoot and there was a rain out on her first day of filming. And the only set that was ready was this like staircase set where she's like under the stairs on the phone. So it's the first scene she shot in the whole movie. 
If I studied for a thousand years, I could not turn in the performance that she does on her first day with no rehearsal in one shot. Like just Google, just Google that monologue. It's like, the movie's great too, but it's like very 70s. The This monologue is exceptional. And like, she should have won it. I'm literally making it yeah. I'm making it out. The Sterile Cuckoo is what it's called. She plays Pix, um, uh, Pookie Adams is her is her role. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, check. That's incredible. Who won? Do you know who won? I, instead of know, I don't, I used to know who won. I feel like it's like Jessica Lange or something. It's somebody like very <laughs> also right. at the time, but, or it was like Bonnie and Clyde or like somebody very, oh, right. Okay. but it's one of those, like, she could not be ignored. That performance could not be ignored. Wow. Okay. All right. So we have Liza with a Z. Liza Z. We've got Cabaret. Okay. We've got her first movie. I love the range. You're all over. I'm, I'm digging this. Mm-hmm. What's the next okay, one? Okay, there in 1992, she did a concert at Radio City. This was like kind of a big comeback for her after having gone through rehab and all kinds of things. She looks spectacular. She's wearing this like gorgeous sequined sort of swing skirt dress. She's an adorable pixie haircut. And she sings this song called Sorry I Asked. And it's a heartbreaking, like, breakup song. And what I love about her performance, even then, even as she's becoming sort of more this iconic version of her, where you think she's so big and over the top, she is still as, she never moves. All of the acting is entirely in her eyes. It's this like really heartbreaking song about seeing your ex for the first time and wanting to make small talk with them and then realizing you don't really want to know the answers to the questions. Mm. Are you seeing somebody? I'm sorry I asked. Like, are you happy? I'm sorry I asked. And it's like very, it it made me hold my breath the entire time while I was watching it. It's really spectacular. Also making a note about this. Make a note. Sorry I asked. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it. Okay, great. Well, and I think that there's something like this idea of a comeback because we love a comeback story and we're rooting for our heroes to sort of have this moment and reclaim this crown in her case. Yeah. Especially knowing all that she went through at that point to be standing on that stage. So that's so rad. Absolutely. And she carries the whole thing. I mean, this is a, and there's a special as well, but this is, you know, a two hour solo show at Radio City and she's just just barreling through it with such ease and poise it's really exciting to watch all right okay we did four this feels like a big deal what is the final Liza performance on your top five favorite performances list it's I gotcha from Liza with the Z special it right the most spectacular performance I've ever seen of anybody on stage and I I encountered it one summer or I even was like close to playing this part. And what I, I always say that like Judy was more age appropriate to children. You know, Liza was a child, but she was immediately playing like meaty, troubled, uh, complicated women from immediately from the get with Daryl Cuckoo and Flora the Red Menace, like a, a, a Soviet spy. You know, she was a mean <laughs> stuff that had a lot of weight to it. Whereas, you know, um, Judy was doing more Meet Me in St. Louis and Wizard of Oz and things that I was singing when I was growing up and, and doing theater. So 
it was when I was becoming a woman that I encountered I Gotcha, where I watched a, a woman perform in a way I had never seen, which was completely skilled, completely in her body, entirely using like the lower half of her body in a way that is threatening to the patriarchy. <laughs> like mm. unbelievably subversive performance in a way where she's like flinging herself everywhere. She's sweaty. She's like, there's a part where she like sticks her tongue in her cheek. Like she's just so nailing every like grittiness about it. And it's about like, you know, wanting to take somebody from their girlfriend and like, she's just owning it in a power way that I, I was so stunned by at an age where that was not being encouraged. What was being encouraged was like perfection and, and politeness and placing your hand where it needed to go and, and not being threatening in any way. And she just flings herself out there in a way that I was like, are we allowed to do this? Is this like, right. Is this allowed? Right. And, and I, I followed that instinct and still follow that instinct to this day. So when I had already gotten the role, when Dan, our director was like, I think we're going to do a little bit of, I gotcha. And I lost my mind. It was just like, you're like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I've been waiting. I'm ready. I'm ready. I've been watching it on repeat since I was a teenager. And wow. so it was really thrilling to be able to do it, to recreate it, to wear that outfit, to be with the backup dancers. Like, and we only see it in the show for, I think, less than 10 seconds. We see it in the show. Yeah. But we filmed a lot of it and I got to vocally record the whole thing. So you can find it on Spotify. It was just a really, and it was, Lies with a Z was my first day of shooting and I gotcha was my last day of shooting. So it was a really Oh, how cool. Moment to end the whole thing, having gone through a pandemic in the middle of shooting, having like, you know, gone through the whole breadth of this woman from by the time she was 19 to when she was 45, and now, you know, finishing with that number that I've been watching my whole life. So it was really That's so cool. What does it feel like to, I mean, you've done this it's super iconic thing. What does it feel like to like, what's next? <laughs> what do you sort of aim for after you've like done this crazy, amazing thing? I mean, for years, even before this, the goal has been complicated women. And dare I say like mm. unlikable women. I, mm. I don't think there's such a thing. Like there are, there are certain characters, but I, and, 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 but you could put the, a woman in the same role that a man's playing and he would be, he'd run away with the popular vote and she would be right. And so right. it's a real goal of mine to just like dive into all these really, really complicated women and get my hands dirty. Like I just want to yeah. be misbehaving as much as all the men are <laughs> and like, yeah. That. And she did that kind of brilliantly in a way that women weren't doing at the time. She was able to be very sexually liberated in a time that was common for that, but not common for women in the industry. And to be able to still play all these different characters and have a very full sort of complicated life behind that, it didn't send her, it didn't preclude her from doing great work. So I just take that from her and I want to bring that with me forward and just Take, take her lead and, and see what I can find. 
That's so rad. Well, we are all watching with like <laughs> mesmerized faces for whatever comes next. And if you're listening and you haven't seen Halston yet, I just, I can't, I honestly, I know it sounds like something where if you were doing a podcast with someone, they'd sort of gush over you. And, but I really, truly, like my team will tell you, it just feels like magic that I just happened to see this because I loved Halston, the designer. Yeah, and I loved his story and I loved that grit. So I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this show. Yeah. And genuinely was like, who the hell is this woman? This is insane. It's so freaking good. So congratulations. Thank you. You can tell as a viewer how hard you worked to get that to what it was. Yeah. So just want to acknowledge and honor the, the hard work. That my biggest hope and is that people see how much I care for her. Like I really yes. care for her and I wanted to show her in the best light even if it was complicated or, or messy, I wanted to show her in her perfect, who exactly she was, who I think. She right. I, I actually loved sort of seeing the friendship there Yeah, because I don't feel like that was a side of things. Like there's this scene in the car yeah. when y'all are in France uh -huh. and she has to sort of talk him out of the car and she like kicks his ass. And then she's like, I love you yeah. or whatever. And I was like, Oh, um, so no, it's really beautifully done. So I I enjoyed it and I'm going to tell everybody to go watch because I feel like they'll love it Thank too. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. And so if people are listening, Krista, and they're like, love this woman, where can I find out more information? Where can I follow her online? Where do you like to hang out? Are you on social media? Give us the whole rundown. I'm an Instagram gal. I Great. let Twitter go by the wayside around 2016. As you should. Yeah, wonder, feel smart. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm an Instagram gal. I also, uh, my, my handle is Krista underscore Rod because I'm always a late adopter to any social media platform. So my name is always taken by the time I get there. <laughs> right, right. Krista underscore Rod. In addition, during this time and with the coinciding with the launch of the show, I also launched an interior design business that cool developing over a pandemic, which was somewhat inspired by Liza and Halston and the way they lived their lives in this sort of lush and tactile way. And yeah. so that is um, called Curated by Krista Rodriguez. You can find that Instagram account also from my Instagram and um, it's Curated by KR. So check, you can check that out if you're interested in any, in all things interior design as I am. It's my second passion. Yeah, I think that's pretty much where you'll find me at this point. Awesome. Well, we're all going to go <laughs> check it out. Now I'm deeply curious about yes. the interior design. I want to go spy on that. Uh -huh. But I super appreciate the time. I'm glad we got to hang out and got this chance to talk. And I seriously, I, I don't always know the work of people that I'm getting to sit with. So I'm just so tickled that I got to tell you how much I enjoyed the performance. Thank you. That's really sweet. I'm glad you got to watch it. It's absolutely proud of it. So thanks. <laughs> you should be. Thanks. Your Faves Faves is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with production support from Sterling Coates. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Your Faves Faves is a 3% chance production. <laughs>